welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where we seek to navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. In this season three, we focus on small and big changes that will advance our well-being, personal and professional lives. On today's episode, we discuss commitment. We're asking ourselves, how do we deeply commit to the important stuff and let the rest go? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Which hello was that, do you think? Was that Lionel Richie or Adele? Mm, I would have bet Adele. Yeah, that was my Adele hello. Yeah, It was. Okay, I want to hear the rest. Ding, 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 ding. I want to hear the rest of the song from Mike Anderson. I don't know what the next lyrics are. Yeah. Wow. You need to watch the video. It's good, good stuff. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, Hello, darling. (laughs) Happy Friday. Oh, Excited to chat. This is uh, going to be an exciting episode because we're wrapping up our high performance season and reporting on our challenges and talking about a topic that is very near and dear to me. And in prepping for the podcast, I realized maybe like one of the key concepts that ties all this stuff together. So why don't you... It's commitment. Commitment. Yes. Commitment (laughs) is the thing that ties Mm -hmm. all this together. Well done, Darlene. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great way to finish the this season. Again, this is the high performance season where we're building a foundation, uh, focusing on our personal values and strengths, avoiding ego-driven decisions, trying to keep things simple, uh, cultivating relationships, setting and keeping our focus, developing leadership, and uh, you know, keeping a daily wellness practice as we talked about last week with Rachel Shipper. Great episode. Mm-hmm. Super fun and organized. Love Rachel. Yeah. Um, she left us with a, with a challenge. Right. Tapping. <laughs> Tap, tap, tap it in. Remember that? Yes. Madison? Yes. Are you going to... No, oh, sorry. Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. The, yes. The, gol- <laughs> the golf Adam Sandler movie. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you want to go first? I do. Well, I'll go first and I'll just say that ties in very well with this week's topic. Tried it and it fell off the radar for me. I was not committed. And I'm sorry, Rachel, you can be disappointed in me. I enjoyed it when I did it. I did it a couple of times, like the day or two after the podcast. Um, but then I I took on a new uh, daily routine piece that I've really started to enjoy. I'll update you, the listener. I'll update uh, you on that probably in a couple of weeks after I know it's something I really like. But anyway, that kind of took up the bandwidth of me trying something new. So I didn't do a lot of tapping and I'm sorry. Everybody. Everybody. Well, um, it's okay to try it and figure out it's not your thing. Um, I tried it. Um, what I learned was it was useful to be like in your, it helps you be in your body and not get your thoughts going off in another direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it sort of gives you something to focus on. So it, to me, it's like the similar effect to having a meditation, um, like a, the same tape or whatever it is that gets you into the zone, something to focus on to keep your thoughts quiet. That's what I found interesting. So I found it was a pretty fast state changer. Like there was one time where I was quite uh, mentally in a file and having to go pick up my son. Uh-huh. And I tried it in that moment just to like change the channel, as I like to say. And that, that it worked. And it was like five seconds, I think, is what I had time to do. <laughs> um, I'm certain that it would have looked very strange in the car <laughs> outside the school. So if anyone saw that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was worth trying. So I think with, with wellness and with finding your own uh, practice, try the stuff. If it doesn't work, that's fine. There's something else. There's 8 million things that we can be doing. So 
um, that's that's my experience. So thank you for the challenge, Rachel. That was uh, an interesting one. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll have a challenge after today because it's going to be the last episode. It's so sad. I feel like we'll still give ourselves challenges. We're we're like constitutionally incapable of not constantly working on challenges. That's true. I, it feels like the last day of school a little bit, you know? I mean, we're trying to make things manageable as it's just not an endless discussion of the topic. This is always going to influence our thinking. But, you know, to have 12 episodes pretty targeted, can come back to them. The thing I find about this this work, this personal work, is that you start like toe in the water. And then as you get into it, you kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, now I'm more into this. Now I can relate to episode four, where when I heard episode four, I was like, ah, forget it. You know, like it, it's sort of that kind of stuff. So it's a build, a slow build. Yeah. So let's do today. Today's topic is mm-hmm. commitment. One of the pieces uh, of content uh, that that uh, brought us to this topic is a great article from zenhabits.net. It's called The Heartbreaking Effects of Being Only Partly Committed to Most Things. Mm-hmm. And the first first sentence is a good one. If we're absolutely honest with ourselves, most of us are only half committed to most things. In many cases, much less than half committed. Love this. This was like the... oh. I just think this is such a powerful line and ties together so much of what we're talking about. This is uh, the the blogger, a uh, pretty well-known blogger. He's also an author. Um, the blog is called Zen Habits, and he his name is Leo Babauta. And he's a person who sort of changed his life using um, a bunch of productivity tips in the beginning and started as a productivity blogger and then realized that trying to do more, 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 more was sort of a path to a place he didn't want to be. And, you know, without, I mean, he tells his story better, but now he focuses on Zen, minimalism, how to simplify, how to be mindful. Um, and I find the the post very helpful. So this one, when I saw the title, I thought, oh, fantastic timing, because this really puts together what I've realized from the high performance season, which is there are some things that we talked about, and there are some things that I aspire to commit to, You know, like I I find that as you level up, you do strangely increase your capacity to take on new things, not decrease for some reason. Um, You know, you do take on more and more in a positive way, though. And I think for me, what I've realized is there are certain things about me that I will always be committed to. And then there are things that are way harder for me to commit to. So when I read this, I thought, I think Mm -hmm. I've been judging uh, myself against some strange standards. And we should talk about that before um, anyone leaves the season thinking, oh my God, <laughs> so much work. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very good point. And I think if it's it's very easy to get exhausted by the endless things you feel like mm-hmm. you need to do. And especially if you're a high-performing person, um, it used to be that like you know the high-performing person does well at their job, period and that was kind of the that was kind of the marker of success and the expectation um, 
you know, oh, you're a high performer because you're great at your job. You have a good title. Finish. And now it is you're a high performer because you're great at your job. You have a, you have a great title. You also uh, are involved in your family life. You volunteer in the community and you ha- and have this amazing self-care routine <laughs> and wellness practice. Uh, and, you know, all this sort of, you know, all encompassing, you know, set of responsibilities that are that are kind of foisted upon you if you're if you are a high performing person and, and want to continue to aspire to to be that. And I'm sure if you're that person listening to this podcast, uh, this season might have done a bit of that um, of, you know, 12 episodes of, hey, here's more ways you can work on yourself uh, can probably uh, seem like, you know, more to add to the to do list. Um but I think today what we're saying is try, hopefully you've tried some of this stuff over the, the course of the last few months and you've hit on a few things that really work. And that's the stuff that dive into that and, and, and be committed to that. And some of the stuff, maybe as I said about tapping or whatever, some of the stuff that just doesn't really like, you know, hit you at, at its core, you can let it go and that's fine. Um, and that's, I think, what the great thing that this article brings forward. Yeah. And I think what I took from it or what I, I was looking at my own uh, life, which is just sort of the learning, you know, that's where I start from. And I would say that from our episodes, I mean, we did some episodes on removing junk media, for example. I don't have any of that. Like, that's yeah. not a commitment that I need to work on daily anymore. And I, I mean, I don't know that it ever was really something that was hard for me because it just is something I'm not that into. Um, so, but it's not there. Like, and what I, what I realized in figuring out what I'm actually committed to, my calendar is a pretty good indicator. You know, like if I look at my calendar, there are, you know, uh, it's, it shows what I really care about without needing to be pushed. You know, Rachel talked about, she puts everything in her calendar, uh, or it doesn't get done. And I, I think there's something to be said for that too, but I more mean, my calendar is the accurate reflection of what I'm prioritizing. So, you know, this month I have been prioritizing a morning workout. Um, it's not in my calendar, but it's, uh, it's there mentally. Like I don't have it physically added to my calendar, but it's, it's a daily there four days a week was my goal. The chunk of time is carved out. The chunk of time is carved out. It's daily. I am doing a daily action towards that. So it's, it's effectively in my calendar. But other than that, like things that are in my calendar for work and personal, my calendar really tells the story of what I'm committed to. I'm very committed and have been my whole life to relationship building and relationships. So if someone needs me or, you know, uh, there's an interesting person that uh, I would love to include in my orbit or find a way to work with or whether that's a client or a lawyer or, um, you know, a nonprofit or anything like that, they're in my calendar. So that, that shows I'm committed to that. Um, that might be, you know, maybe that's an overcommitment sometimes versus and should be reined in. These are the questions we have to ask ourselves, but it's in there. Um, the other thing that's really in my calendar is being there for things that are important to my kids. Those are in my calendar. So I think that the first step is what's actually today in the calendar? What, what have you committed? Like your calendar tells a story or your week or however people organize themselves um, your planner, whatever, what's in there. That's what you're committed to today. It's like, okay, here's where I'm at. Um, here's what I do well. And these things that I'm doing, I'm actually committed to. So that's good. These things over here, I'm not committed to. I don't know why they're in my calendar. Why are these things in my calendar? They're taking me away from my goals. 
Um, and he, what are the things I really deeply want to commit to? So that's the big question. And I think I've come up with some, some ideas on what I want to commit to uh, following this season. But before I jump into that, what do you think of this calendar thing? Does that speak to you? Well, I think that I'm aligned. It's more for me, it's more about um, reflecting on how I'm spending my time, which is, I think, more or less what you're saying. Right. Uh, I, I think I'm speaking a little bit less to like the, you know, for me, like my calendar does have a lot of the stuff that I will do for the day, for sure. I don't really schedule the fact that um, like it, it's not like physically my calendar that come come five o'clock. Come, yeah, I, the pickups have to be done and we're home and um, stuff like that. But uh, I, the, yeah, well, well taken. For me, and this season has helped me evaluate um, being conscious of the time that I do feel like I'm wasting hmm. um, or that I'm not enjoying. And, st- and, and I'm like, okay, what is that? And then let's get rid of that. So I, 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 I agree with you that if you really evaluate what your day looks like and the times in the day uh, that didn't feel right to you, that's a good indicator that it's something if, if, if you can get rid of that obligation or you know what whatever is occupying that space of time uh probably good for you not only because you know you're not feeling diseased during that time but also it opens up for things you actually want to be committed to um and and i think that um the on that point just because it's in your calendar or just because you know you are to taking time with something actually doesn't mean that you're committed to it. Right. Um, it just means that you're there mm-hmm. and you have to deal with it. And so I think that's one right. thing point. that hopefully we we can get out of this conversation and out of all the work we've done over the past uh, 12 episodes is that um, if we're able to strip down our responsibilities in our day, um, we will be more likely to actually show up for the stuff we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a- as pointed out in the article, um, great, again, a great line, we make a commitment at work to our team, a client, a partner, but we often don't fully show up, we get distracted, we procrastinate, we're only in it half, uh, at, at half as much of the time, uh, we do the same thing to the people we love, we're only half there for them. So I think what's a, a, a good thing to focus on? What's what's the utility of focusing on full commitment? And how can we get there? Well, we strip away the stuff that you know, we, we, we can strip away to the extent it doesn't work for us. And that allows us energy wise, you know, focus wise to actually be present and enjoying and deeply committed to the stuff that we want to keep in the schedule, you know, or keep spending time on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's where we go. So my, my looking at the calendar is more say that a person looks at their calendar and is like, man, all I have in here is work. Literally, that's it. I don't do anything else. That's an interesting thing to observe. Like if all you're committed to is work, you know, um, that if that's all you're committed to, that's, I guess what it is, it is what it is. Um, but then you have to devote some time to making sure you can keep that up if that's, if that's the priority. Um, and that's the wellness piece. So, um, I do 100% agree that there is, if you look at your calendar and there's a bunch of junk in there, um, you have to consider like, why is this in here? And also, does it, does it get me where I'm going? Cause the other thing we've talked about a lot is goals. Um, and if your goals are to, um, this year, bill the most hours you've ever billed, just to use a, a lawyerly example, and your calendar is full of non-billable things, those things are opposite mm-hmm. and are going to lead to frustration. 
So, you know, it's, it's a, a useful little inventory to do all the time just to say, okay, where am I at against my goals? Hmm, what is my calendar looking like? What are the chances I'm going to hit this goal? Um, and the other thing I would say is the interesting thing about committing is I think as lawyers, we talked about this a bit with Rachel and it, it got me thinking through the week. I think as lawyers, we're very black or white. We're very um, commit or you don't right? And I think that what we're saying on this episode is you should commit. However, um, I think that a commitment can be a big picture over time, long-term thing, as opposed to like today, this week. Um, so it's, it's doing the daily actions, but towards a long-term commitment, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm more of a fan as well. It's like I, I have a friend, for example, who has who like the switch is either on or off. Right. When it comes to a goal, right. uh, it's either like, and, and it, for example, people do this all the time with alcohol, yes. right? It's I'm going to reduce my alcohol intake. I want to drink less this this year, and so then what they think they then they impose on themselves. Well, for this whole month, I'm not going to touch alcohol, right? And if I do, that is a failure, and I have failed. Right. I'm more of a like. I'm not a switch on and off person. I'm a, okay, what does that mean today? And then the next day and so on and building like progressively toward, uh, toward a goal. And I think that that's one of the things that's, that's a helpful way to look at this, like starting with small commitments and not just jumping in, as you said, in our last episode, I want to be physically active. So I'm going to run a marathon, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's, you don't have to do that. You know, it, it can just be, going for a walk and you can just commit to going for a walk at at lunch every day. And that's a great way to start being committed to a thing that's now important to you. Uh, And I think as type A people, and I think that, sorry to cut you off, this is obviously where you're going, I I hope, but, (laughs) um, but we're so inclined to be like, okay, well, I need to be the best at whatever I'm spending time on. And so that means I have to do it at 100 100%, Hundred percent, you know, in terms of success, and not just on uh, fulfilling the actual need um, that you have. I was just listening to an interview with Dwayne the Rock Johnson earlier this week on uh, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, uh, which was a great interview. And he has just talked about how his gym is his—that's his thing. That's how he yeah. uh, does his connection to himself and works on himself. And you know, he keeps getting in better and better and better shape from his perspective, and probably everyone else's in the world um, through his life. And it's a build. That's that's one way of being well and being fit. And but it's not it doesn't have to be the only way. I mean, just adding up all the hours you've invested in a project in your life makes you feel a little bit like, okay, well, this is something, you know, this is good. I've been focusing on wellness for, you know, a good chunk of my life and I can improve. I find that a more peaceful way to think about things than, um, oh God, look at that person over there. That person's here every day. And they're like, clearly have the results (laughs) to demonstrate that, which I think is way more how people look at things at the gym. I look at both people. I look at the people that maybe go less and the people that go more. And I try to just be like, we're all doing our thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, for me, that's a helpful way to look at it as opposed to like this week, I didn't make it. And I would imagine that your goals are wholly different from the person at the gym who is looking like, (laughs) you know, you're looking like the rock or close to, right? So it's an absurd thing. No, my goals are totally the same as Dwayne the Rock Johnson's (laughs) workout goals. Yeah. (laughs) That's 100% what I'm going for here. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, maybe I'm putting this on all type A people and it's just a thing that I have. But I think that's a common thing. Again, to, to think of yourself as a high performer, it's very easy to think I need to be the best at everything I touch. So I need to look like the most fit person at the gym. I need to you know, be the smartest and well, most well-read person in my book club. I need to you know, constantly be at the upper echelon of all of these things. And the, the reality is you don't. And that is probably counter to, um, to if you are focused on, on wellness and having this, you know, nice, fulfilled life, that's not going to help in the end. Uh, it's about just doing the stuff that brings you joy and letting that be it. Yeah. And like, check your commitment level and what are you committed to? And I think what I realize in doing this exercise is like, I'm committed to being well and physically healthy. That's what I'm committed to. I'm not committed to upending my life to how, and I've had, you know, greater and lesser focus on fitness throughout my life, but, you know, I'm not committed right now to having a super rigid food plan and exercise Mm -hmm. plan and, you know, with goals and numbers. And that's not my commitment right now at all. Yeah. So I wouldn't compare myself or feel like that's not, um, like that's a worthy goal, you know, but it doesn't mean that it's the only fitness goal that people can have. Um, yeah. So I don't know, just kind of being aware that whenever you're looking at other people, you're looking at them and it's like that, the person who at the gym looks like they're totally committed to fitness. Maybe that's just the last two months or something or a year, you know, like you don't know and you don't know what it will be for them next month. And also like their life is totally different than yours. It's yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe it's really important that they're there three hours every night for them for whatever reason. And it's likewise very important for you that you're home with your kids for two hours and 15 minutes, um, uh, you know, and 45 is at the gym, whatever. Like, I think one of the nice bits that I've learned from this podcast constantly, every conversation we have, guests and otherwise, it's like everything comes down to what the individual needs. Everything is about what's best for you mm-hmm. personally. Yeah. Uh, and it's very easy to lose that in this sort of uh, constant quest uh, for uh, being a high performer and self-improvement and so on because you know, you get these recommendations, these programs, these offerings, and it just, and it seems like it's a one-stop shop for being great, but actually it's more of a buffet and you pick and choose what you need in the quantities that you need it and so on. And Mm -hmm. that ultimately is showing commitment to the things that work for you and letting go and not committing to the stuff that doesn't. And if you do that, you will be wholly um, and fully deeply committed to the stuff that gets you the best results. And that is an exciting opportunity. That means you're like fully investing in the stuff that's going to pay the most dividends um, for you. And hopefully throughout the season and moving forward, you know, hopefully you all have the opportunity to do that with some of the stuff that our guests and the texts that we've read and so on have brought forward. Great summary. Fantastic. Oh, my <laughs> You've summary. obviously committed to doing great summaries because that's a real, real talent. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, darling. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I am so deeply committed in my work recently to like being built on simplicity and clarity and summary and all that stuff. And I'm loving it. So it's actually <laughs> mm-hmm. in the most geeky way, very true. I've, I've found a thing that I really like and that I'm good at. And I'm diving in headfirst with with it, 
uh, and and it seems like our clients are quite happy with that. And it's just like it's a whole new thing for me. It's very exciting. Yeah, putting in the work. That's the cool thing too. Like when you actually put in the work, it it you can see results, right? Like if you try to be good at everything, you don't get the results. So this is uh, talking about it every week has certainly been helpful in keeping that top of mind and uh, committed. Absolutely. And speaking of practice, I have a good that is directly related to uh, a huge amount of practice, and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, So with that, why don't we uh, go to an ad and we'll come back with our goods and grapes. Sounds good. The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Interalia Law. Interalia lawyers have big firm training, in-house experience, and a wide range of expertise in technology, media, and entertainment. Our advice is business-focused, speedy, and practical. To learn more, visit interalialaw.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support, and gripes are things that annoy us. I have to talk about my good. Okay. That I just can't. Oh, so just love it. What is it? Uh, and it's a it is a hit sensation. You probably heard about it already the Netflix show Cheer. No. Have you, see, have you heard about? I only hear it? about Netflix things on this podcast. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, there you go. From me. Yes. From you. Um, it's a it, it okay. So the story is this: uh, this week, my I was painting the baseboards in our like living room where the TV is, um, and uh, my wife put on this show in the background. So it's in the background for me. I had to put down the paintbrush and sit there and watch it in full. <laughs> what is it about? It's about it's about the one of the leading junior colleges in the U.S. They're they're the best cheerleading uh, squad almost every year. Um, uh, that win like national competitions. And it's about this, they start from the beginning of the season um, and you watch these these p- people progress, men and women, all different backgrounds, just the most like saddening stories of like the difficulties they had in their childhood and whatever. They've made it, they're like some of the best in the country at cheerleading and you watch them put together this very difficult program and get to nationals. And it is just like, oh, it's, I, it's the best. I think I cried like three times. Wow. There's like Jerry, this guy named Jerry, I just love. Um, yeah. And so now they're like, it's kind of becoming a pop sensation and they're doing interviews on like Entertainment Tonight and stuff. <laughs> oh, but it's great. And they're such hard workers and so dedicated. And we could talk about like, maybe they overdo it a bit and maybe... You know, there's injuries, and they're you know they're sacrificing so much in their life. Like, there's a wellness conversation to be had, right? <laughs> but um, oh my gosh, great show, wonderful, love it, love it, love it, love it. Oh my god! Well, this leads to a little known Darlene fact that one of my favorite movies of <gasps> all time is Bring oh, It On. I thought you were, I thought you were going to say that you were a cheerleader, and <laughs> no. I was about to fall out of my chair. Oh my gosh! No. Also, can I just we say don't have those in I Canada, don't, do we? I mean, we didn't have them when I was going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the people on this team is is from Canada, oh. actually. Canada. I just said it like yeah. someone from Montreal or you something. You totally did. Can I just say also, this is, I know I'm going off, but my goodness, these people, 
men and women that cheerlead are athletes. They're not these like stand by and be perfect people. And I think that in terms of commitment on the topic, they're, they're, they, you see these like amazing world-class athletes that have to go to like the community barbecue to stand there and like look pretty. That should not be their job. No. They need to, they need to stop doing that and focus on the fact that they're like elite athletes mm-hmm. because it discredit it's it that needs to end. And I think it just like fulfills stereotypes and so on. That's the one thing that really got my goat. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> no, with I'm just you. Going no, I totally agree. Yeah. I really noticed um I noticed that as a thing. Um, I mean, obviously, and the other thing is cheerleaders are wildly underpaid considering the um, yeah, like when I, we're not paid at we're all. We're not paid. Sometimes. It's like volunteer. It's like the yeah. ultimate devaluing of extremely yeah. incredible athleticism. Um, and I do, I did notice that because when I, I saw Justin Timberlake on tour maybe a year or two ago, and he, all of his backup dancers were like a mix of men and women, but they were all like normally clothed. Like they were wearing like overalls and stuff. Like it right. wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, I was so, uh, it was unusual to see. I was like, oh my God, those are women who are just showcasing their amazing dance abilities. That's really interesting to me. Uh-huh. I like that he did that. And I, I noticed it. I don't know if everyone else noticed it, um, but I thought it was uh, it was good. And I mean, that that does, your point is is well taken. I think that as we approach Super Bowl weekend, maybe we can all ponder that <laughs> um, a little bit through the mm. weekend. It's a really good point. But yeah, I loved Bring It On. Man, that is a great movie. Well, you if you love Bring It On, you will <laughs> not sleep oh, yeah. and just stay up all night and watch this show okay. because it is I'm on it. I'm on fantastic. it. This is my new, okay. uh, my thing to watch over the next while. Um, yeah. Okay. So my good is uh, interesting. I was having a conversation with another uh, entertainment lawyer yesterday and I we were talking about punk songs and randomly. And I just wanted to say that if anyone is struggling and wondering, like you're in midlife, you're kind of wondering, uh, you know, go, going through the path or whatever corporate environment you're in, I would just say my my little challenge for the pod listeners this week is to listen to like a great punk or post-punk song while you're walking through these environments and just see if it lifts your spirits. <laughs> it does for mine. Okay. I did it at the gym okay. this morning. I was like, yes, these still these songs still sound great. And they're so... Um, they're just counterculture, and it's it's interesting at a time like this to listen to sort of protest music or um, things that are suggesting that we question systems and the way things are. So yeah. I listened to the Offspring Ignition album this morning, which is a favorite for me. I don't know. Do you know that album? Wow. It was probably like you weren't even born yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. No, but um, my, my relationship to Offspring is uh, being in my best friend's basement when I was like seven or eight. <laughs> oh, my God. And... Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe like other 10. Other kids are maybe listening 10. to rap. When did it come out? When did the episode come out with. Um, uh, you mean the, come the on main play? one? Remember yeah, that song? Self Esteem and those ones? Yes. that's That was probably like 1993, four. Yeah. So it nine. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Nine or ten. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we just loved listening to it because of all the swear words in that one song. Right. And we were just singing over and over right. again. Anyway. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> um, same for uh, people in their 40s who are lawyering. Um, I feel exactly. like listening to someone yell swear words is just very freeing. So <laughs> stupid. I recommend it. Just get it done. The one that um, I like though is the album before the famous one. Just to be clear and have okay. the music credibility. Um, before intact. they before they hit no, it. No, I 
Well, obviously. to be fair, yeah. and for you lawyer, like their early stuff. That's such a music person thing to say. Oh, anyway, so that's uh, just right. a sidebar. Anyway, grapes. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't want to be too heavy, oh, uh, grape wise. Hard but not to be. Yesterday, I had three different conversations with high performing women who are very generous and are givers and are hard workers. And all three were just in situations where people in the workplace were taking advantage of that and and trading on it and counting on it without giving them recognition, you know, whether financially through title, through easy thank yous, whatever. And it just, it's so upsetting. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I, I know not to tease new seasons, but we have, we're going to be focusing on, can I say what the new season's sure. focus mm-hmm. is? Yeah. So it's going to be about big ideas. And we have an episode lined up to talk about issues similar to that. And I'm very excited for it because I couldn't, I, again, I'm, I'm Mr. Privilege Central. I totally, like, I'm the most privileged. I, I will totally acknowledge. I've been in positions like that to an extent. I couldn't imagine gender and and race and other things being later on layered on top of that feeling but it's so saddening and there're just so many people in so many workplaces not just lawyers but all over the place that are like the heartbeats of institutions of companies of organizations and um it's really hard on them and that makes me gripey that makes me upset i well we could so. do can we can you earmark that for a whole episode on big ideas? Because I, I actually think a yeah. lot of that is solvable in the workplace. I really do. Um, I, yeah. We're just not, the current model doesn't really uh, reward always the right work, right? Like the, the things that are rewarded are sometimes not the right things. That would maybe be my grape yeah. and a related grape. I, I think, well, first things first, let's just say as a lawyerly podcast, Talking to Privilege, I really think that the it is such a privilege to practice law. And sometimes I have these weeks where I just think, wow, you know, I look at what my friends are doing. Some of my friends are doing really, really important work, you know, um, protecting indigenous children and um, fighting for people's rights. And I mean, just really important work. And I feel real deep meaning in the work that I do for clients, helping them do what they need to do in life. You know, like to me, this is just such a privilege to help out. Um, And I want to put our our podcast in that context, which is the reason we started doing this is not because we think lawyers as a class are this like, you know, tough luck, tough luck group, Um, but more because we're interested in reorienting to just be like, find that you know, find a, find the space in law where we can focus on that and um, tweak the business model, tweak the routines, like get the stuff done around around the edges to make it possible to really appreciate what we're doing um, and also train the new generation of lawyers, which is it's getting harder and harder to figure out how to do that. So that my gripe is just that I feel like so there's good in the world, like there's good in the profession and sometimes it's just under a bunch of like business model stuff that is terrible and chews people up and spits them out or, you know, causes stress or puts money over people. And um, that's the stuff that I feel gripey about. But I also feel positive about it because I do think that um, what we're talking about and what we're, I think, part of a much larger conversation 
a small part, the Lawyer Life podcast of a very big global conversation is just people are looking at what's going to work in the future. And I don't think we know that. You know, I really don't think we know that. So Mm -hmm. as I look at the world today, just to bring in some deep gripes, you know, today is not a great day for the rule of law. We're really going off the rails on this goods and gripes. (laughs) Today's not a great day for the rule of law in the world. Um, But I I have hope that uh, although we can gripe about some of the current uh, structures, I think the people, there are good people in here and we're going to be able to improve if we just focus on it. So that's, that's where I would go. So like a gripey good with hope? Yeah. If we get the good people to listen to this full season of uh, our podcast, they will be high-performing good people. And so the high-performing good people will beat (laughs) the low-performing bad people. Yes. Let's get it So if you know a lawyer that is a good person but struggles because of the business model, (laughs) if you could please share with them the Lawyer Life pod. Yeah. And also, we should say yeah. we're trying to, although we we joked, or I not really joked, we raked Darlene over the coals about the lack of uh, progress on social media. I am still trying to improve. <laughs> so for those who enjoy the pod, if you could follow us on Instagram at Lawyer Life Pod, uh, if that's your place, or on Twitter at Lawyer Life Pod, I think, um, it will be uh, a motivator to me. <laughs> Because I'd love to, I really would love to know what people like or want to hear more of on the pod. Whenever we hear from listeners, we try very hard to address it on the pod, almost real time. So if you have an issue or something you want to hear about in the next Big Ideas season, you know, it doesn't have to be public. Happy to have a direct message, but uh, get in touch. That would be awesome. Bravo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's it. So with that, we will talk Talk soon. soon. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.